The second section of Psalms, known as the Exodus Psalms, remind us that the God who redeemed us is still with us. In fact, He has promised to never leave us or forsake us. Today, we join Scott Pauling in opening God's roadmap for life. Find your place in the Word of God in the Psalms, and let's discover what God has for us along the way. Today we come to the last of the Exodus Psalms. It is the last Psalm in the second section of Psalms. It is Psalm 72. And that's very fitting because Psalm 72 is the final prayer of David. It should be studied alongside 1 Chronicles chapter number 29 because in 1 Chronicles 29, David prays for his son Solomon and he passes the scepter, if you will. Uh, the crown passes from David to Solomon, Solomon to be the next king over Israel. Well, Psalm 72 is the recorded prayer of David. In fact, the title of the psalm is a psalm for Solomon. So there is a great, uh, a great threshold being crossed, a great bridge being crossed from one king to the next king. And yet David is so concerned about one thing, and it is this, that Solomon continued to understand, and the people continue to understand, that there's really only one king, and that is God. And so Psalm 72 is a prayer. In fact, let's begin with the last verse. The last verse of Psalm 72, the last verse of the Exodus Psalms says this, The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. So let's go to the end. And at the end, some things get clearer. You know, if you ever hear a deathbed prayer, I mean the crying out of the heart that's about to leave this world. You know those are intense prayers. They're fervent prayers. They're heart prayers. They truly reveal the heart of a man. I wonder, what would your final prayer be? If you had to boil it all down to one final prayer, uh, what would you pray for? For whom would you pray? Well, this is the final prayer of David. He begins in verse 1 with these words, Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. So number one, his Final prayer is a prayer for his son. Isn't that beautiful? Now immediately we, we think of Solomon as being king. We think of Solomon as being this wise man. But from David's vantage point, he's just his son. There is a parent's heart here. There is a father's love here. And may I say to you that in the end, one of our great prayers, all the way to the last breath we breathe, should be a prayer for the next generation. Pray for your children. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray a hedge of protection about them. Pray the blessing of God on them. Your prayers will get more done than your lectures will. Your intercession will accomplish oftentimes more than even your instruction will. We know that Solomon would pray a prayer. Soon after David's final prayer, Solomon's going to pray for one thing. Do you remember what he's going to ask for? God said, you can have anything you want. And Solomon said, I want wisdom. I wonder if that prayer was not simply an answer to David's prayer. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. Uh, certainly, there's an application here that we should pray for our leaders. He's praying for the next king. Uh, today, pray for your president. Pray for your governor. Pray for your mayor. Pray for those in authority. 1 Timothy chapter 2 tells us whether you agree with them always or not, that's not the issue. The issue is that we should be praying for them and interceding for them. But on a more personal level, 
He's not just praying for the king. He's praying for his son. In fact, that's the last word of verse number one, the king's son. Pray for your children. Number two, he begins not only praying for his son. I love this. He prays for the coming of God's son. Beginning in verse 2, down to verse number 18, there is this beautiful prayer for the coming of the true king, the king of kings. In verse number 3, he's the one who brings peace. He's the one who brings righteousness. Uh, There's an emphasis here on him judging the poor. In verse 2, in verse 4, in verse 12, in verse 13, uh, he's going to judge the poor. In other words, he's going to do the right thing. Uh, It's beautiful to see here a picture of the coming Messiah. You remember that everybody in Israel was always waiting on the coming of the Deliverer. I mean, from the very beginning, from Genesis 3.15, the first promise of the Messiah, uh, they were waiting for the Deliverer to come. And then once Abraham comes on the scene and Israel is established, they're waiting for the son of David to come. Uh, David did not know exactly who or where or how that was going to come to pass. So ultimately, he's not just praying for Solomon, whom he can see, but he's praying that in God's time, God's son would come, the true king, the king of kings would come. Oh, this is wonderful, isn't it? Don't just pray for your immediate needs, those at hand that you can see, but pray ultimately for God's kingdom to come, God's will to be done. Isn't that the Lord's prayer, the model prayer that we're taught? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. You see, your eyes fixed on God's Son will purify all of your other prayers. It will help you to pray right for your children and for your family and for your country and for your needs because what are you doing? You are praying that the Lord Jesus Christ will get the glory in all things. That's the prayer that purifies all other prayers. Then when you come down to verse 17 and 18, listen to the end of the prayer. 17, 18, and 19 says, His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. Let me stop right there and tell you, only God does wondrous things. We say sometimes of people's work, that's wonderful. But really, there's only one whose work is full of wonder, and that is our God. As a matter of fact, not only is what he does wondrous, That's the only thing he does. He only doeth wondrous things. And then verse 19, And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Don't you like the way David ends his prayer with a double amen? So be it, so be it. Remember, amen is one of the names for Christ. He's using God's authority and access. These are words of assurance. Amen. It is the divine exclamation point on this prayer of faith. But here's the third thing we see in David's final prayer. He not only prays for his children, he not only prays for the coming of God's Son, the King of Kings, but thirdly and ultimately, he prays for the glory of God. The one great aim of all of our lives and the greatest aim of all of our prayers is this, the glory of God. Do you remember that we're taught in the New Testament that it is possible to pray and not get your prayers answered because we ask amiss that we may consume it upon our lust? You know, we are a nation of consumers and sometimes we are churches filled with consumers. And it's all about what we can get, what we can gain. It's all about our blessings. But the great motive to all true prayer is this. We want God to be glorified. 
As you pray for your children, pray for God to be glorified. As you pray for our nation, pray for God to be glorified. As you pray for the coming of Christ, pray for God to be glorified. As you pray for the deep needs in your own life, for the salvation of those you love, for the, for the bringing home of some prodigal wayward one, pray it with this motive in mind. You see, motive matters. Pray with this great aim, the glory of God alone. And so I want to challenge you today to join me and join David in this, his final prayer. This, the great capstone on a life filled with prayer. And a prayer we should not wait to the end of our life to pray. A prayer we can make our own today. Pray for your children and the next generation. Pray for the soon return of the Lord Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And pray, my friend, for the glory of Almighty God. This is how the prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended with these words. And blessed be His glorious name forever and ever. And let the whole earth be filled with His glory. And I hope all God's people today can say, Amen and Amen. If you would like more information on knowing the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal way, or more information on growing in your faith, please visit us at scottpauley.org. We would love to hear from you. From there, you may also download your free copy of A Ready Reference of the Psalms to help you in our current study. We are praying that God will guide you today and that you will enjoy the journey.